Good evening, everyone. I am glad that my daughter and granddaughters are not here this evening. Because my son-in-law led the prayer and my grandson read the scripture. And I'm afraid one of them might have wanted to lead the singing. <laughs> They're at Horizon this week. But uh, I'm glad always to have the opportunity to be with you at Willow Avenue. I want to begin this evening with some passages of scripture. The Bible says in Habakkuk chapter 2 verse 2, the just shall live by faith. The Bible says in Romans 1 and verse 17, the just shall live by faith. The Bible says in Galatians 3 and verse 11, the just shall live by faith. And the Bible says in Hebrews 10 and verse 38, the just shall live by faith. We understand two things this evening. First of all, that is the fact that we want to be just. And the word just simply suggests the concept that we want to be right with God and man. Thayer says that the original word refers to one who is such as he ought to be. And that's what we want. Second, we know that to be just, we must live by faith. But what does that mean? What does it mean to live by faith? Tonight, we explore the topic, living a life of faith. I invite your attention, and please open your Bible to Hebrews chapter 11. Heaven's Hall of Fame of Faith. I'm leaning heavily this, this evening on material that I found in a book by Wearsby entitled, Running with the Winners. This evening, let's spend a little time running with the winners. In Hebrews 11, the writer talks about all of these runners, all of these witnesses, and then chapter 12, he follows with these words. Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight in the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despised the shame, and is set down at the right hand of God. You and I, too, can run with the winners. We can live a life of victorious faith. To aid us on our journey this evening, I would suggest several questions. And the logical place to begin is with this question. What is faith? I'm going to give you a definition of faith that comes right out of the Bible. That comes right out of Hebrews chapter 11. Faith is doing what God said do in the way God said do it. Faith always involves obeying God. That's Hebrews 11. 
Note how their faith acted. The Bible says, by faith, Abel offered, verse 4. By faith, Enoch pleased God by walking with him, verse 5. By faith, Noah prepared an ark, verse 6, or verse 7. By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out, verse 8. By faith, Abraham offered Isaac, verse 17. By faith, Moses refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, verse 24. By faith, he forsook Egypt, verse 27. By faith, they, the children of Israel, passed through the Red Sea, verse 29. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell down after they had encircled seven days, verse 30. Check it out. Witness after witness after witness. Inspiration hammers the lesson home. They did something with their faith. Faith is doing what God said do in the way God said do it. True of every runner in Hebrews 11. It also must be true of you and me. What is faith? Faith, according to Hebrews chapter 11, is obeying God in spite of feelings, circumstances, or consequences. All of the men and women in Hebrews chapter 11, in heaven's hall of fame of faith, obeyed God in spite of their feelings. In spite of his feelings, Abraham left home, verse 8. And he offered his son, verse 17. In spite of their feelings, the children of Israel passed through the Red Sea, verse 29. Folks, faith is obeying God in spite of feelings. All of the men and women listed in heaven's hall of fame of faith obeyed God in spite of their circumstances. Noah, verse 7, had to live with his contemporaries as he built the ark. Israel, verse 30, had to deal with Jericho. Gideon, verse 32, had to deal with the Midianites. Samson, verse 32, had to deal with the Philistines. Faith is obeying God in spite of circumstances, whatever those circumstances. All of the runners mentioned in Hebrews chapter 11 in heaven's hall of fame of faith obeyed God in spite of the consequences. In spite of the consequences that their decisions might and did bring. Have you ever been in jeopardy because you refused to obey a king's commands? That's what Moses' parents did, verse 23. Have you ever said no to a powerful ruler? That's what Moses did in verse 26. 
Have you ever had to confront a king with his unfaithfulness, with his sinfulness? That's what Samuel did in verse 32. Have you ever been persecuted, tormented, tortured because you taught God's message? The prophets were. Verse 32. Faith is obeying God in spite of consequences. Now I would pause here to remind us that the runners in Hebrews 11 were human beings just like you and I. Not a single one of them had an S on his t-shirt, no Superman. But every one of them had the big F, faith, in their heart. They could not deny their feelings. They could not change their circumstances. They could not control the outcome the consequences, but they could trust God to see them through, and they did. And that's faith. Faith is doing what God said do in the way God said do it. Faith is obeying God in spite of feelings, circumstances, are consequences. But now, let me pose a second question. Delving into Hebrews 11, how does Bible faith work? Well, folks, it involves four things. There there are four components to faith. The first component is revelation. Learning the will of God. The God that we know and serve is a God who speaks. If you turn to the first statement in the book of Hebrews, the inspired writer said, God who at various times and in various ways spoke in time past by the fathers to the prophet hath in these last days spoken to us by his son. It's interesting that the Hebrew writer really ponders this question. God has spoken. What are you going to do about it? And he exhorts, see that you do not refuse him who speaks. Chapter 12 and verse 25. How does Bible faith work? First component, revelation. Learning the will of God. We dare not separate faith from the Word of God. Faith comes by hearing the Word of God. Romans 10, 17, we've quoted it from childhood. I feel, I think, I like, I believe, I want, That doesn't feed the bulldog. That's not faith. Let me pose a question. Why did the people in Hebrews 11 do what they did? They did what they did because God told them to, Revelation, 
and they listened. Noah built an ark because God told him to, verse 7. Abraham offered Isaac because God told him to, verse 17. Joshua led Israel in marching around Jericho because God told him to, verse 30. Example after example after example. I want to tell you something. If you want your name in heaven's hall of fame, it's as simple as this. Find what God says, listen to what God says, and do what God says. Folks, God speaks to us today. He speaks to us today through His Word. Turn over in your Bible to Ephesians 3, look in verses 3 and 4, where Paul explains the process in four words. He says in Ephesians 3 verse 3, how that by revelation he made known the mystery, as I have written already, by which when you read, you may understand my knowledge of the mystery of Christ. Revelation, written, and we read, and we understand. Our faith begins with revelation. God revealing His will for our lives in the New Testament. The Master said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Matthew 4, verse 4. The second component of faith is response. Doing the will of God. What is faith? Faith is doing what God said do, as God said do, when God said do it. Abraham's neighbors perhaps his wife, thought he was crazy when he started pulling up stakes at 75 and heading off to an unknown destination, no forwarding address. Because of his faith, Abraham was ready to march off the map. His life is an example to us of what faith is. Now look at verse 8. By faith, Abraham... O-B-E-Y-E-D, obeyed when he was called to go out. Faith. Real faith demands a total response on our part. The mind learns and knows the will of God. The emotions, the will, desire to do the will of God. And the life responds and obeys the will of God. How does Bible faith work? First component, revelation. Second component, response. The third component is relationship. A daily walk with God. Look at the witnesses. All of these who ran the race of faith victoriously had and maintained a relationship with the Almighty. They were not oncers. 
They were not quitters. They were not people who had an occasional religious spasm. They walked with him. And their faith deepened each step and each day. Folks, a life of faith has purpose. And that purpose is to please God. Verse 6 says, but without faith it is impossible to please Him. We seek a relationship with God. A relationship of faith, a relationship that pleases Him. In other words, we want to be like Enoch. Note verse 5. Enoch pleased God because he walked with Him. Now that word walk there is very interesting. Going back to Genesis 5, you'll find that when it says Enoch walked with God, that that is from the Hebrew word halak, which means to be a traveling companion. And that word is found 1,550 times in the Old Testament. Folks, faith is walking the walk. It is not just talking the talk. How does Bible faith work? Revelation, response, relationship, and the fourth component of faith, reward. The assurance of God. See, we have God's promise that He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him, verse 6. God keeps His promise. In Hebrews chapter 6 and verse 18, the writer says, But we have strong consolation, and lay hold of the hope set before us, for it is impossible for God to lie. He's telling us that God keeps His promises. And what kept those runners running was belief that God keeps His promises. We often sing, standing, standing, I'm standing on the promises of God. All of these people knew that they would be rewarded. Oh, what a feeling. What peace it brought. How wonderful for them to know that the life that they were living by faith was the life that God wanted them to live. And we too, by faith, can know that we are living a life that will be rewarded. God is not ashamed to be called their God, verse 16. And He won't be ashamed to be called our God as we live lives of faith. How does Bible faith work? Hebrews 11, revelation, response, relationship, reward. Learning the will of God, doing the will of God, a daily walk with God, the assurance of God. Next question. What do we learn from these winners in Hebrews 11. Well, in a nutshell, we learn that 
Faith is the victory. But to be a little bit more specific, what do we learn from the winners? Number one, we learn that faith cleanses all kind of sins. You know, all of the people in Hebrews 11 were human beings. And they sinned just as you and I. Noah got drunk and naked, Genesis chapter 9. Abraham lied about his wife twice, Genesis 12 and 20. Sarah laughed at God's promise and then denied that she did in Genesis 18. Jacob stole his brother's birthright, Genesis 27. Moses became angry and struck the rock, Numbers 20. David committed adultery and then tried to cover it with deceit and murder, 2 Samuel chapter 11. But here's something interesting. I dare you to find one single sin mentioned by any of them in Hebrews 11. No, they didn't always collect medals. Sometimes they collected scars. And their dirty wash is hanging out for all to see. But not one word of their failures is mentioned in Hebrews chapter 11. Why? Because God had cleansed them. And the message for us is that when we live by faith, when we obey God, He cleanses our sins and gives us new beginning. Don't we have some marvelous promises? In 1 John chapter 1, verse 9, if we walk in the light, the blood of Jesus Christ continues to cleanse us from all sin. In Hebrews chapter 8, verse 12, I will be merciful to their unrighteousness, and their sins and iniquities will I remember no more. Lamentations 3, 22 to 24. One of my favorite statements in the Old Testament talks about the mercy of God and it says it is new every morning. I want you to get the impression that God does not intend for our past to be a handicap. To be a millstone around our neck that discourages us and causes us to drown in an ocean of discouragement. Folks, if Hebrews 11 teaches us anything, it teaches us the importance of enduring faith. We must run with endurance the race that is set before us. Hebrews 12.1, they did. How do you win a race? Look at Hebrews 12.1 and 2. It's very simple. Number one, you lay aside whatever hinders your running, verse 1. And number two, you keep running with your eyes on Jesus, verse 2. Folks, what do we learn from the winners? Number one, we learn that faith cleanses all kinds of sin. What do we learn from the winners? Number two, we learn that faith changes all kinds of people. When I read through Hebrews 11, I get excited about the variety that I see. There were men, there were women. 
There were young people and there were old people. There were kings and there were commoners. There were prestigious people and there were social rejects. But they all had one thing in common. They dared to trust God. And that brought change. By faith, Moses was transformed from an excuse-making fugitive into the great liberator, lawgiver, and leader. Verses 24 to 28. By faith, Gideon was transformed from a frightened farmer into a victorious general. Verse 32. By faith, a host of anonymous people in verses 35 through 38. All of them living by faith were able to endure all kinds of trials and persecution and even death. And the Bible says in verse 38, it says of them of whom the world was not worthy. Our birth is no handicap. Our past is no handicap. Our station in life is no handicap. Why? Because we can change by faith. And we may erroneously conclude that we do not possess the necessary talents and abilities to serve God, but we do, and we can. We can all serve God by faith. Like all of those heroes in Hebrews 11, we must dare to trust God. We must launch out with our faith. Remember, faith changes all kinds of people. What do we learn from the winners? Number three, that faith conquers all kinds of problems. Don't listen to the televangelists, the religious hucksters. They're telling you that a life of faith is free from all difficulties. If you'll just send God your money, it's interesting they always give you their address, then your teeth are going to straighten out and all of your financial problems are going to be over and your health problems are going to disappear. And with many good-hearted people, when that doesn't happen, they begin to complain. They say, well, your seed faith isn't big enough. You need to send some more money to God. And they give you the same address. Don't listen to the religious hucksters. That a life of faith is free from difficulty. Folks, we still face life. And this is earth, not heaven. And most of us have been around long enough in our Christian walk to know that living the Christian life has its share of difficulties. Yes, and all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. 2 Timothy 3 and verse 12. As a matter of fact, we know that when we weather these storms, it actually strengthens our faith. That tribulation produces perseverance and perseverance character and character hope. Romans 5, 3 and 4. Now, go to Hebrews 11. What problems did these folks face? Well, Abel faithfully served God in spite of the fact that his brother was a burden, 
And by faith he was able to do it, he being dead still speaks, verse 4. Enoch faced the problem of staying clean in the defiled world, and by faith he was able to do it. He pleased God, verse 5. Noah had to withstand the ridicule of the world. By faith he was able to do it. Verse 7 says, He condemned the world and became heir of righteousness, which is according to faith. Moses' parents had to fight the oppression of the government. By faith, they were able to do it. They were not afraid of the king's commandments, verse 23. Daniel faced a den full of lions. By faith, he was able to do it. He stopped the mouth of lions, verse 33. The three Hebrew children faced the fiery furnace. By faith, they were able to do it. They quenched the violence of fire, Verse 34. I want to throw this in. You listen closely to what I'm about to say. Hebrews 11 bears this out. That God always honors faith. But he doesn't always work the same way in our lives. Study verses 33 to 35 and you'll see that there are times when he delivers from the problem. But then turn around and study verses 35 through 38, and you'll see that sometimes he delivers through the problem. Let me illustrate. Daniel was delivered from the lines. Others who had just as much faith were thrown to the lines and perished. You turn to Acts chapter 12, and you'll find that one of the apostles, James, was arrested and beheaded. In verses 15 through 19, Peter, also an apostle, was arrested and miraculously delivered from death. Somebody says, why? That's God's business. If God chooses to deliver us from a particular problem, we can rest assured that he will honor our faith. If God chooses not to deliver us from a particular problem, we can rest assured that God honors our faith. From the problem or through the problem, Four things are going to happen. God will be glorified. His purposes will be accomplished. We will grow in character and our faith will be rewarded. In Romans 8 and 18, Paul said, For I consider that the suffering of this present time is not worthy to be compared with the glory that will be revealed in us. Faith conquers all kinds of problems. What do we learn from the winners? Number four. That faith releases all kind of potential. Now you take David for example. It's interesting he's only mentioned by name in verse 32. That ruddy shepherd boy had no idea the kind of hero God would make of him. God's champion, a valiant warrior, a great king. 
man after God's own heart. Folks, faith released the potential and David accepted the challenge to be God's man and that is what you and I must do. Tonight, I look around this auditorium and I see a lot of Christians and that makes the potential in this room staggering. It is not because of who we are. It is because of who He is. Our potential rests in Him. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Philippians 4 and verse 13. I want you to listen to this, especially you leaders of the church. I think that the greatest challenge in the church today is to help our people to believe in themselves by believing in God. In all things, we are more than conquerors through Him who loved us. Romans 8, 37. It is faith that releases the potential in their lives. It is faith that releases the potential in our lives. Our God is an awesome God. Amen? Then let's live like it. Faith releases all kinds of potential. If you go back and you look at Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 2, for by it the elders obtained a good testimony. Well, I might ask, what is the testimony of the witnesses? Folks, Abel had a faith to die for. He had a saving faith, a sacrificing faith, a suffering faith, and a speaking faith. Check it out. Enoch had a faith to live by in verse 5. He believed God, he walked with God, he pleased God, and he went to be with God. That'll preach. Noah had whole faith, verse 11. His faith involved the whole person. His faith influenced his whole family. His faith indicted the whole world, and his faith inherited the whole blessing. Abraham and Sarah had faith to live as pilgrims, verse 13. They had listening ears, they had obedient feet, they had steady eyes, and they had dedicated hearts. And if time were permit, we could look at so many others. Isaac, Jacob, and Joseph had faith for the future, verses 20 to 22. Moses had the faith to say no, Verse 23, that's important, isn't it? Joshua and Rahab had the faith to win, verses 30 and 31. So very different. But they won by faith. And the Hebrews writer knew it was impossible to name everyone. There are just so many who have run the race of faith victoriously so if you look at verses 32 to 35, he just refers to them as others. But actually, verses 32 to 35 is talking about the other side of faith. And it teaches us two things. 
that a life of faith is costly. But a life of faith is rewarding. What does Hebrews 11 teach us? Well, here are some fast-hitting vital questions, and the answers are found in verse 6. What is the object of our faith? God is. We must believe that He is, and that He is rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. You know, everyone has faith in someone or something. The difference between the Christian and the non-Christian is not that one has faith and the other does not. The difference is that the Christian has faith in God. Be sure your faith is in God. Can we please God without faith? Well, you know what verse 6 says. No. It is impossible to please God without faith. We must believe that He is, that He exists. But more than that, not only is He our Creator and our Sustainer, He is our Savior and our Lord, and we must believe that He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. How important is faith to the godly? Well, the whole 11th chapter is expanding on what verse 6 is saying. They live by faith. We live by faith. The just shall live by faith. They were justified by faith. We are justified by faith. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Romans 5 verse 1. They walk by faith. We walk by faith. We walk by faith, not by sight. 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 7. They were saved by faith. We are saved by faith. For by grace are you saved through faith. Ephesians 2 and verse 8. Now look at verse 6 and answer this question. How are we to seek God? We are to diligently seek Him. What does that mean? This phrase is from the Greek word exeteo. Ek means out and zeteo means to search. And so the word literally means to search out. We are to seek after God. We are to serve God. We are to worship God. Diligently seek Him. No matter what you face in life, diligently seek Him. No matter what happens to you in life, diligently seek Him. That's what they did. That's what we must do. What will living by faith accomplish in our lives? Well, number one, God will be glorified by our lives. Number two, God's purposes will be accomplished in our lives. Number three, we will grow in character and be great servants of God. And number four, we will be rewarded eternally. He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. And so we end this evening where we began. 
What is faith? What is faith? Faith is taking God as his word. Hebrews 11. Faith is doing what God said do in the way God said do it. Hebrews 11. Faith is obeying God in spite of feelings, circumstances, or consequences. Hebrews 11. What is faith? Faith is running with the winners. And the good news tonight is the fact that you can run with the winners. You can run with the winners. I love the statement that's here in Hebrews 12, verses 1 and 2. Listen to it again. Therefore we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despised the shame, and is sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Jesus made a statement in Matthew chapter 8, verse 11, that I've always found intriguing. He said, many shall come from the east and the west and sit down with Abraham and Isaac and Jacob in the kingdom of God. To borrow from that and to alter it just a little bit, I want you to think about that one day when you and I, we have finished our race and we're called home to be able to walk into the midst of all of those runners, the Noahs, the Abrahams, the Davids, the Gideons, the Abels, the Enochs, the Sarahs. You can run with the winners. You may need to begin that race tonight by being baptized into Jesus Christ. We encourage you to do that. If you become discouraged, you falter along the way, I hope I've said something tonight that will encourage you to get back on course and faithfully run the race. If we can assist you, please come.